Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Sarah Walton Steele. Sarah lives in South Padre Island, Texas. She is a retired school principal's secretary who currently homeschools her granddaughter and helps her daughter in her consignment shop. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you, Jen. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so glad to talk to someone also from the educational world. Yeah, yeah, I love my school people. Oh, yeah, principals, secretaries keep the school going. Yeah, we we, we did kind of run the place. That's true. <laughs> you really, well, I mean, that is 100% true. You're the gatekeeper for everything, so. <laughs> I loved it, though. It was fun. It was fun. It really is fun. The office is a fun place to be, especially if you have a great boss. Yes, and I did. I had wonderful principals and at one time a superintendent, and they were all great staff to work with. That's, that's great. So anyway, you know I like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yes. Well, actually, fasting has kind of always been in my toolbox. I'm a minister's wife, and so the concept of of fasting has not been new. And every time I wanted to lose weight, I would try to fast for a day or two with the concept in my mind that I was shrinking my stomach. <laughs> so oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah we've heard shrink, that, right? Yeah, Shr- yeah. We've, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shrink my stomach with peel a pound soup or what it, R- Richard Simmons did a peel a pound soup recipe for years. We used to do that. And so I would do that before. I started, I guess, really with intermittent fasting. It was in 2018 in the summer. I decided, I told Sam, I said, you know, my weight is got, I'm only five foot three. 
inches and I had gotten up to 242 pounds and I'm muscular. So most people didn't think I weighed that much, but still I did. And so I said, I'm just going to kind of fast a couple of days a week and see how that does for me. But my concept of fasting was with juice. (laughs) So I would drink juice, orange juice for breakfast and grape juice for lunch and then not eat anything until supper. And I thought I was fasting, (laughs) but even doing it that way, I lost like in a couple of months time, I lost like 10 pounds doing it that way because I was cutting out all my my snacking too. Right. And you were low calorie dieting because you were having the orange juice and the grape juice. And so it was definitely a low calorie plan, but you only did that two days a week. I only did that two days a week. And then in October, I was flipping through the channels and caught Dr. Oz. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy. That's that Instagram guy that eats huge copious amounts of food. And of course, he actually exercises crazy, but he ate one a meal a day and he was losing weight. Blake Horton, I think was his name. It's weird. Yeah, I have not. I'm like the worst on Instagram. I'm like a member and people follow me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm so boring. Yeah, (laughs) well, me too. This happened to be like a Dr. Oz thing. And I thought I can do that and still, sugar's my downfall. I mean, I love sugar. And part of that is my mom used to bake with me and used to make pies for my, my dad had a barbecue business. And so when he would cater, she would make like hundred pies (laughs) for the catering business. So she was, you know, we used to do that together. And so I don't want to ever cut out sugar. That's my memories with my mom. But I thought, here's a way I can just eat one meal a day. I've never been a huge eater. Even when we go out to eat, I usually order off the kids menu. I mean, I just don't eat large amounts of food, but my weight just kept on from, I'm sure from all those years of doing Whole30 or Slim Fast and Adkins and all these other things that I did. Um, so it would add on and on. But then in December, a friend, I posted in December, I said, guys, I think I've figured out this thing. And I know in January, everybody is wanting to start a new weight loss program. Please look into this intermittent fasting because I think it's going to work for me. It's really working already. And a friend saw that who was a uh, a member of one of our former churches. And Debbie told me to look into Delay, Don't Deny and said that Jen Stevens is the author and it's really been helpful for her. And she's got some really supportive Facebook pages. So in December of 2018 is when I actually found you and cleaned up my fast and really started going at it hard and it changed my life. I mean, it is my way of life now and I love it. I'm so glad that you found us. Yay. Me too. Yes. <laughs> Thinking back to what you said before about, you know, you thought you were fasting and you were doing the juice. They use the word fasting with, I mean, there's a thing called a juice fast. There's a bone broth fast. There's the Daniel fast. I'm sure you know that as a, as a minister's wife. And none of those are actual medical fasts or physiological fasts. You're just restricting yourself from certain things. Yeah. But they're very, very different. So the guy that you saw, was Dr. Oz talking about it in a positive way? What what was he? I'm so curious. I didn't see didn't that see one. It. What did he say? It was no. funny. I actually kind of went back and saw it, but I knew I was going to do this. And I thought he's the one that actually kind of got me to think about the one meal a day thing. He was very doubtful about it, but they ran his blood numbers and said, you know, guys, so there's something to this. And this was in 2018 in October. You can go back on Dr. Oz's website and actually see it. I mean, he ate crazy amounts. I mean, we're talking huge, big stacks of pizzas and stuff like that. But he also probably worked out like five hours in the gym. He would always eat like at one o'clock in the morning and then he was done. He eats real late at night. So it's a really weird concept the way he did it. Yeah. And, you know, we all we think that that's going to be so terrible because we don't want to just overeat on junk and garbage and all the stacks of pizzas. I was just working on final edits for my new book, Fast Feast Repeat, that's coming out in June. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) But, I mean, I had a very short turnaround. They sent me the entire manuscript in, like, finished version in a stack, and I had to go through and do all the edits and get it back to them in New York. So I was working on that yesterday, so it's all very fresh in my mind. I just reread the whole book. But (laughs) there's a study they did, and I talk about this in the Eating Window chapter of the new book, a study that they did with either rats or mice where they gave them the standard junky rat diet and 
they gave it to them either all day long or in a smaller window or whatever. But they found that even when the rats were eating the junky foods in a short one meal a day window, they had great health benefits. That's amazing. So it was the same exact amount of food that the other rats were eating all day long, but they just had it concentrated into a window. Not spiking that insulin. Yep. Yep. It was the same number of calories, same junky food. Rats did better or mice, whichever they were. So sometimes there are people that are judgy about what other people eat. And so you're, you're the guy on Instagram eating the giant, giant amounts of food. That's still healthier than somebody who's eating that same amount of food spread out all day. That makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy. So you started you started then in October. And when you started, you know, you hadn't heard of fasting clean. What were you doing during the day? Well, no, when I started this, when I did this, I was really just, I'm not a coffee drinker. I never learned to drink coffee. That's a whole other crazy story. I think the reason why (laughs) my mom used to put a coffee can by our beds when we would be sick at night. So in case we couldn't make it to the bathroom to throw up, we would have a coffee can to throw up in. And so the smell of coffee coffee has never been great for me. (laughs) That's really funny. She broke you of coffee. She didn't didn't (laughs) even know it. It didn't even know it. I have never, I don't like coffee flavored ice cream. I mean, nothing. Candy. You associate the smell of coffee was sick. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It made more sense to me of the reasoning why when I read your book. In fact, I got it free on Audible and listened to it. Yeah, I love when people listen that way. Yes, yes. I've listened to it several times and I, of course, tell everybody about it. But it just made so much sense for everything because I pretty quickly went to the one meal a day and I was just drinking water. I don't think I was doing anything other than unsweetened green tea, which is you were clean fasting just by accident. I was by and accident. You were. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. I knew to get the juice out and <laughs> don't do that juice anymore. So you started in, in October of 2018. When you say that it was working, what did your weight loss look like? By October of 2019, I had lost about 55 pounds. So I've done good. And now it's four months after my one year if anniversary, <laughs> and I'm still about that same 50 to 55 pounds, but my body recomposition is happening. My daughter gave me a pair of beautiful jeans. They're kind of stretchy jeans, but they were like a size, I think they were a size large, and I was wearing three X's. And she gave me a pantsuit that was also kind of stretchy material, but it was a medium. And she said, Mom, I know you're still losing weight, so this may be for the future. But And I thought, oh, that's awesome. So after Christmas, I thought, well, I'm going to put them on just to see where I stand, how much more I've got to go before I can wear them. And they both fit. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. It's been so awesome. She's got, like I said, she's got a consignment store in Port Isabel, which is the town just right across the way from me, a, a deja vu, a consignment, a little unashamed plug there. I <laughs> love it. Said, please do, yeah. <laughs> yes, please like <laughs> and follow on Facebook. I get first shot of everything that comes in there. If I want to buy it, I can buy it. But she has a 90% rack off all the time. So uh, before stuff goes to the 90% rack, I will go through and get my next size down, get these fabulous pieces of Ann Taylor pieces or all sorts of brands that are high dollar pieces that are at 90% off. And I'm not wearing them yet, but they're in my closet. And so when I get there, they're ready for me. And it's just an awesome way. And then I turn back around and sell my stuff. So it's just really cool. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of consignment stores because you can find so many great things and brand names. Like you're saying, we have one consignment store here in Augusta that is just really has great brand names. It's not a chain. It's it, your daughter's is, is not a no, chain no, either. No, is no. it? Yeah. And hers is definitely upscale resale. Right. That's what I like. They keep all their different brands together. Like you can find all the Talbots over here. And I- yeah, we've got a lot of Chico's here. They Chico's does well. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And it's a great way for the intermittent fasters who are going down a size here and there. It is. It is. Well, and Stephanie is, my daughter, Stephanie is so, I guess she's considered a millennial, but she is so into putting so much in our landfills, including clothing and even our clothing makers. Now she sent me an article or I saw it, she posted on Facebook about some of the big name brand store lines that will just trash their clothes that don't sell. I'm like, they're filling up our landfills 
and there's people that need clothing. Why what a waste. Yeah, it is. So yeah, she's there, well, because there's, they're making so many clothes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, cheaply. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what we need to do. We need to get them to stop changing all the styles. I guess that'll never happen. <laughs> Like I have a, had a pair of pants that I loved, a pair of jeans. They were like capris that I bought when I first hit my goal weight. There were these jean capris from the loft and they had a little tiny flare, but they weren't like crazy flare, but they were so comfortable. But then I lost two more jean sizes and decided to go get some more that were my current size. And the only jeans they had were like skin tight and not... You know, I couldn't find any that were a nice little crop. Jeggings, yes. Yes, or they all were like raggedy for that year. Yeah, yeah, ripped up. I just want these exact ones that I bought two years ago. They're not in style, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, that'll never happen, though, because that's what keeps us going back and buying more stuff. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good business plan. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. I don't know, though. I, I, I like the basics, the classics. That's why I go to Talbot's, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got good stuff. You're more likely to find the, the good thing. So you're you're fitting into a size medium pantsuit? Mediums and larges, yes, instead of a 3X. Yeah, it's crazy. I was 2 and 3X all the time. And, yeah, I'm definitely a, a large in the pants and, and large in tops down, too. So in every That's such a good feeling. Oh, it is. How long has it been since you were fitting into larges and mediums? Oh, my gosh. I was trying to think how far back it was. I'm trying to think even when I hit above 200, and I'm thinking it was we were serving in church in Oklahoma at the time. So I always base, where were we? We, We've served churches between Oklahoma. My husband is ordained Presbyterian minister. And it's funny because our friends in Oklahoma say we're in the mission field when we're in Texas, and our friends in Texas say we're in the mission field when we're in Oklahoma. So. <laughs> There's a rivalry. Texas OU rivalry, yeah. Red River rivalry oh, yeah. going on there. So, but it was probably, gosh, in the early 2000, 2008, around there, some between 2000 and 2008 when I was that size. And so it was still already my weight was a problem. So you had not ever been below 200 since the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. But it crept up to 242 pretty quickly the last 10 years or so, I'm, I'm guessing. That's what happened for me as well. You know, I struggled and dieted and struggled and dieted. But once my body hit the point where it was putting on the weight, it like really escalated the weight quickly. gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it didn't just creep up, you know, where I was a little heavier, a little heavier. No, it was like it went boom. Yeah. There it was. Yeah. I spoke a little bit about my mom and, and the baking. I love to bake. And it, when we were serving churches, we used to have open house at Christmas. And I would have a huge spread of, we would rotate if we were going to do barbecue. And I'd get my barbecue from my brother, who at the time had a great barbecue place. I'd get the barbecue from him. Or we would do like deli sandwiches, or we would do like boiled shrimp, or whatever the main course meal table would be and the other table would be all desserts and that was my favorite thing because I loved making homemade divinity homemade fudge all kinds of cookies and all this kind of stuff and I think at some point in time I got to an age where I just stopped restricting of how much I was going to eat I remember early on I used to jog and I used to think you know I can have this and have this but I'm not going to eat forever this I'm going to only eat it for a couple of days and then I won't eat any more of it during the holiday season and then at some point in time like I can eat that if I want to who cares Divinity Fudge just brought back memories my grandmother made Divinity I can't say it right it's white right you, you make it the same way that my grandmother did oh absolutely with, nuts. with pecans yes yes yes, yes. yeah it's it's an egg white that you beat into a meringue and you just make a hot syrup that you pour into it and so it's a big memory with my mom because it really to do it well, it takes two people because it starts setting up so quickly once it gets. So we'd be, both be dipping out those little balls of divinity on the wax paper at the same time so we could get it all done. And sometimes if it's too humid outside, it'll flop. And then you have to just pour it in the pan. You just eat it with a spoon, which is always great because then you get to eat it all. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they make that other places other than the South. But my grandmother lived in South Carolina and they actually had pecan trees on their property. And so they would go hard. I remember that they had like a little thing. You would smash them down on the pecans, this little bucket, and it, you would pick them up. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember being little and doing that with my granddaddy and then going in and shelling the pecans and then she would make that fun. Now, see, that's funny because y'all call them pecans and we call them pecans. Well, Isn't that I know. I, yeah, we say pecan, but not everybody down here does, but that's just the way I always have said it. Pecan pie. Yeah. Yeah. And we had pecan trees growing in our yard too. So yeah, my dad used to peel them for us and eat them on the halves because I hated to peel them, but he would, you know, he'd love to. Yeah, you crack them and then you had to pick out that bitter part. Yeah, yeah, you had to get all the shell away because it would taste yeah. bad if you bit it. It was gross. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fun. So we think back to these special treats like the divinity fudge that you made with your mother and the pies, and it just feels like love, right? It does. It does. It's got a lot of great memories. She had a stroke before she died and she went to a nursing home and we were kind of going through stuff in the house and we kept finding these pie pans after pie pans after pie pans. And we thought, mom, what in the world are you doing with all that? That's the first time I ever realized that when daddy would cater and he would cater for the American Petroleum Institute, like 300 people or so for a barbecue meal, mom was making either pecan pie well, actually, she'd make all, all of them. She'd make a, several pecan pies and also chocolate meringue, coconut meringue, and lemon meringue pies. And so she said, well, I'd make 100 pies at a time for when Dad was catering. I had no she idea. She needed 100 pie 100 pies. 100 pie pies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a fun memory. So, you know, what point was that you said you stopped restricting? When was that? Like, how old were you at that time, do you think? I was... 20 when I got married. And so we've been married that long. We had a miscarriage and then had Shannon and show I was 27 when I had her. It was probably when the girls were in high school. And at that point, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna settle down here and just not I I remember thinking about it, not having to restrict used to I would like, okay, I'm only going to do one Coke a day, or one Dr. Pepper a day. And then at one point, it was like, yeah, I want another one, I'm going to have another one. It's no big deal. Like I outgrew that. And who cares? (laughs) And part of it, I think was my mom's body image. And my grandmother, grandma had that same short, we were all like five foot three or less. And I remember mother wearing a size 20 dress when she died. And I thought, you know, that's just how it's going to be. You know, I'm just going to be my body sandwich. I get it. And we just are like, well, that's just what happens. And I'm going to stop fighting it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I thought there's not anything I can do about it. My grandma was this way. I'm this way. Mom was this way. It's just how my body's going to be. But it doesn't have to be. I don't think so either. I think that we're at the point where we don't have to just accept that as we age, we are going to turn into our, our grandmother's right. bodies. I, and I think there is a predisposition to be that right. way if you Absolutely. don't intervene and do something about it. If I had continued that same track about drinking three Dr. Peppers a day if I wanted to and eating whatever I wanted all day long. And you know how it is at schools. There's always something in the break room that somebody brings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's br- and they always drop it off in the office. Yeah. First, yes, yes. <laughs> Those ladies in the office were back there having like lunches and yeah. Well, and we <laughs> and we always had a candy dish on our desk so that when people came in, they could get some candy. Well, I'm only going to get candy that I like to put in that dish because I'm going to be right too. It's true. It's crazy. <laughs> but you're right. We do have a predisposition. We have a genetic tendency to be a certain way. And you can look to your mother and your grandmother and see how they age to see what that's like. But we are going to have a genetic body style. Like you're not going to be anything but 5'3", because that's what your body is. You can't, you know, be a supermodel height. Me neither. (laughs) So we have to accept I've got short legs. I have petite body proportions. That's how I'm built. And my body is happy at the weight where I have settled and your body will settle at a weight that your body is happy at, it's right? It's getting there. It is getting yeah. there. Yeah. And that may not be the weight that your brain thinks you should be even. Yeah. I'm trying to decide now because I, when I was entering everything, when I started this, I was counting my calories because I thought, well, I need to go a deficit. This is before I found delay, don't deny. I was I was entering everything into my 
fitness app that would count the calories for me and I would go below the amount for the daily and it was tracking my exercise because we live a block. South Padre Island is on the very tip of Texas. And so I'm a block away from the beach. Oh, I'm so so jealous. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) We are blessed. We are so blessed to be here. And what's the temperature there today? Oh, gosh, probably it's been a little bit of a cool spot down here recently, but it's 70 right now. And it was I'm so envious. Yeah. (laughs) We're having a really wet, wet winter here in Georgia. And like today, it's like in the 50s and just raining. Oh, and I don't like to be (sighs) cold. No, I hate it. I'm so tired of being cold. (laughs) I'm going to picture being a block from the beach and it's 70 degrees. There you go. Summer's coming. It is. It is. But it's it's beautiful down there. It's a, the water. I never knew that we could have Cancun colored water in Texas. This is like I said, like it's kind of like wasn't it Sarah Palin that said she could see Alaska from her back porch? We can see Mexico from our front porch. There you go. So does is the water that blue? It is at times, not all the time. It depends on what the sky looks like and what the algae is in the water. Apparently, but sometimes it is that beautiful turquoise. There's a long causeway that you have to drive over to get to our island and. And it's just like, gosh, I think our island is maybe five miles long and only a mile across or something. It's a skinny little island on the very tip of Texas. It's really cool. Uh, it sounds like a great place to live. So you were counting calories following the app. I was counting calories and following the app. And I was also doing the timing. I was using the Life app to count. And as I've gone along, I've gotten more free with that. I no longer enter that. I don't even clock my walks when I go to the beach to walk. I used to do my walk thing. And so it syncs together with my other fitness app that I would do. My fitness pal would sync it together. And then the life app where I would count my time of fasting so that I would, I never did give it where it would ring on my phone where it's time to eat, but I would just keep an eye on it and know how long my fast was going to be and how long I had. And it's been so freeing now because more recently I'm given more and more of those things up where I don't have to, and I'm just listening to my body more and It's awesome. It's an awesome way to live because you don't have to count everything. You just listen to your body better. I think that really is something that's important to reiterate to people because you used the app until it cemented the habit of fasting as your daily routine. And then you're able to let some of those things go. In education, we call that scaffolding, right? You're teaching someone. It's the support that you give to someone who's learning a new concept. It's scaffolding. And then as the learner is ready to take on the new skill or the new knowledge, you release that scaffolding and then they just do it. And so the same thing with the fasting, those apps are our scaffolding Mm -hmm. and then we don't need them. Right, right. And you needed it at first. And now like I've kind of gotten in a little bit of a plateau in the last few months, I haven't lost any more weight. It's kind of hovering about the same five pounds, give or take. And I thought, you know, I still do have some more weight I want to lose. So I've, I've started the alternate day fasting. But even with that, I've learned I don't sleep well when I don't have some food in my stomach. So I've gone ahead and done the, what I think they call it modified ADF. where yep, I'll do with the, the 500 mm-hmm, calorie. I do that. Sometimes I'll go and get like a, a healthy choice frozen dinner or something like that. That's less than 500 calories. And that's enough for me. Like I said, I've never had a huge appetite anyway. So for me to eat that in the evening before, a little bit before I go to bed, then that's doable. And the scale is starting to go down again. The scale is the next thing to go. It's it's not there yet, but when I get to where I think I need to be, then the scale will be out too. Do you have a goal size? Is that your idea? You had mentioned something about the single digits. I thought, how cool would that be to be an eight? I could be happy with an eight. Yeah, yeah. It just it does feel really good. That's it's it's psychological. It's you mentioned Chico's before. That's Chico's has their closer zero, one, two, three. They size completely they differently. Do. But it's it's crazy. that whole size. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've never been able to wear anything there. And actually, their clothes really don't fit me because they're they don't have anything small, really small. It's tough. So, it is tough. But it's the psychology of sizes. Of course, that's why vanity sizing is what it is. But 
something so pleasant about a single digit. It is. It is. Yeah. And I've always thought I needed to be. The BMI charts would tell you, what is it? Five pounds for each inch over five. So in five, three, 115 pounds. I wasn't that when I got married and I was in great shape. I was probably 125 when I got married at 20. I was in great shape. I, I was, uh, I actually tried out to be, do you know what the Kilgore College Rangerettes are? I, was I from, don't. Oh, they were the original drill team of all drill teams. Miss Gussie Nell Davis was the director, and she was um, hired to do something to keep the men in the stands during halftime so that they wouldn't go <laughs> underneath and drink their it. bottles and smoke their cigars. Oh, that's great. And so she had a drill team, and they were high kickers. And so, yeah, so that was the age I was when I tried out. I didn't make it, but I did try out and lasted the whatever three weeks or whatever it was for tryouts, which was very, very tough to do. But I'm 5'3". I don't think I'll ever get to, uh, and I've had two kids that are wonderful daughters that are adults now. So I don't think I'll ever get to 115, but you know, maybe I will. I mean, there's You'll no just telling. have to see. You never I'll know. Your to body's going to do what it does. And what I love is, is your attitude about it because really our attitude determines our experience. You're plateaued and you're not like Oh, I've plateaued. Intermittent fasting doesn't work. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my goodness. I will never go back. It is amazing. And I've got my husband doing it, too. I I love it. So tell us about that. It was funny. He's always been the kind that says, okay, you do your thing. You do your thing. That's great. You know, are you eating today or are you eating? You know, he's very supportive, but he's never been pushy. He loved me when I was much heavier than I am now. But exactly 11 months after I began intermittent fasting, we had a visit with his doctor and he's a heart patient. He's had triple bypass. He's had a stent. His dad died from a heart attack at like 65. And Sam just turned 69. I'm 65 myself. And so his heart has always been bad, but typically it's been more from stress and inheritance that it's been bad. But we convinced his doctor, he had a a doctor's appointment and I said, I had read the obesity code and I had read Dr. Fung's diabetes code. And I said, Sam, the insulin is keeping you fat. Used to, you could say, I'm going to go on a diet. And just by saying those words, you'd lose 10 pounds. Yeah. But for a man too, for right? For a man, yes. Yeah. It's just not fair. <laughs> but I'd always say, yeah, but if there's ever a famine, we're going to outlive you. There you, you go. Know? It's true. It is. It is. <laughs> but I, I thought, are you with me on this? Can we talk to your doctor about getting you off of insulin? We've got some other ideas. And he said, yeah, I'm ready to do it because he realized he was not coming off as quickly. So I came ready for a battle to this doctor's appointment with books under hand, the title of your book in my hand. And, and I said, doctor, we really want to get him off of this insulin. All it's doing is keeping him fat. And there's something called I think Jardiance is what he, they put him on now and took him off his heart meds. I mean, everything. He was ready for it. The doctor said, well, you're going to add keto too? And I said, I love it. Let's go. Let's oh, do this. So the doctor, the doctor is informed. He, well, he was open to it, but he wasn't. He had not read the books. I had brought the books and I, I left them with him to read. And he says, I've been hearing more about this. This will be great. I'd be glad to look this over. Yeah, let's do this. We can take him off this, put him on this Jardiance, and it will correct his diabetes in a different way. Well, when he started that, that would have been, let's see, I started September of 2019 because it was 11 months after I had started and went into the doctor's office. He took him off of his insulin and put him on Jardiance. And then he's only on like a blood thinner because of his stint. He has to have a, a blood thinner to keep on that. He came back in December, which would have been like three months later. He had already lost 30 pounds. His A1C had gone from eight something to six something. So we're curing it. We're curing it. And today, before I did this, he's always, like I said, he's always been kind of protective of me because he didn't want me to get discouraged because the weight's not coming off as fast these last few months as they did at the first because he wasn't telling me how much. I said, honey, I want to share this with all these people that have husbands or if they are diabetic, how we can reverse this. He says, the number 60. I said, oh, my gosh, you've lost 60 pounds. I am so proud of you. And he said, and I've not missed anything. We started out pretty much keto, and now it's really kind of low carb. I mean, he's not even strict about that. We went to breakfast this morning. He wanted to eat breakfast. I said, okay, yeah, I can ship this around. I'm supposed to eat today anyway. So I ate most of his potatoes, and he ate just a little bit of potatoes, but he had some potatoes. He wants to eat potatoes. He wants to eat pizza. He'll have it, but he's mostly cutting out carbs. He hadn't had rice in a long time. 
time, he's doing it with very little exercise. His knees, he used to play basketball in college and football in high school. So his knees are really bad anyway. So his walking is is kind of limited. They hurt a lot when he walks a whole lot. So he doesn't do a lot of exercise that way. But it's thrilling that his A1C has gone from eight something to six something just since September of 2019. Yeah, and that was in that was in December. Mm-hmm. That that is uh, mm-hmm. that was in December. So in three months. In yeah, three, three months. months that is just phenomenal. So he was doing lower carb and fasting from the beginning. Yeah, but you're not low carb. I am not low carb. <laughs> no ma'am, I am on Jen's team for the no low there carb. You go. Okay. Well. I just feel so much better with carbs. If I, you know, you may have heard me say this before. If I were doing ADF again, and I haven't since 2016, I haven't skipped a day of eating since then. But if I were to ever decide I wanted to do ADF again on the down days, I think I would experiment with a big baked potato with butter and sour cream. I because I've thought about that. Like, what food would satisfy me the most and make me feel really full and satisfied for 500 calories. And I think it would be a big baked potato with butter. I do a lot of pimento cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> yeah. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. Yay. Oh, and Martha and Marley Spoon has some kind of pimento cheese something or other coming up. It's like a pimento cheese chicken. I can't remember, but I'm like, I'm ordering that one. It's coming up in March, which will have already passed by the time our podcast okay. airs. Okay. <laughs> You can put pimento cheese on just anything. Oh, you can. It's, it's you delicious can. for all the people who don't live in the South. We're sad. And there's some pretty good breads out now that's got so much fiber in it that it takes away the fiber you can subtract off of the total carbs. So, yeah, you can make a What kind of breads are you enjoying for that? There is one. I think it's called Life X or something like that. It's not the new sugar one, but it, is it, I, mean, I wish I could remember the brand right now. I can get it at Walmart, though. It's Life something. And I think it's just one of the main brands, but it's got low enough. I had a... For Sam's purchasing, when we started this, I put an app on my phone that was some kind of a carb tracker type of a thing, carb manager. And you can scan the UPC codes on it and see, and it rates it from an A to an F. This is good or this is bad. It gives it an F. And so this bread was like, yeah, this is an A. So I thought, well, how cool is that? I didn't think you could do bread, but it's got enough fiber in it. And it tastes just like a wheat bread. You know, it's well, not good. Like- That's, it's good that he can have that. And But I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? He is having fabulous results. So the doctor had not yet read the obesity code at that point, but he had probably been hearing about it because I track on Amazon. I keep my eye on how my book is doing, how Delay Don't Deny is selling. And it's always in the top 10 of weight loss books. It's been three for a while, but no matter what Delay Don't Deny is, Obesity code is always higher. Dr. Fung's, oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's so his much book, harder to all, read. We're right in there together. But his will be two and mine will be three or something, you know. And I but I love that. That's but great his company. Book's always <laughs> Well, it is. But the thing that is so exciting about that is that that means that his book is still selling and people are reading it every day. And the more people that read it, the better, because we're learning that we've been misled. And so the more people that read the obesity code, the more people that'll say, no, it's not counting calories. No, it's not, you know, drinking your diet sodas, eat less, move more. I think doctors are reading it. Doctors are recommending it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what did his doctor say when he came back? He was blown away. He said, you keep doing what you're doing. This is amazing. This is really great. He was really impressed. So, yeah. I said, so have you had a chance? I asked the doctor, I said, have you had a chance to read the books? He says, I've looked it over. I haven't taken it home to read it. But it's really got, he said, it's really gotten the curiosity of my nurses. I keep seeing the books moving around to their desks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, All That's right. good. Yeah, that's There you good go. Too. Well, he needs to take some time, at least with the obesity code. Maybe he could get the audio book and listen to it in his car. Yeah, He's got time for go. that. He does. He does. <laughs> Suggest that to him next time. He could listen to it a little bit. Um, bit every day. I wish I had done it with the obesity code. Man, yours was so much. Well, I I had yours on Audible as well. But boy, obesity code, I was thinking it was going to be the same type of the easy read book. And it was not. It was very sciencey for me, but I learned a lot from it. It's very sciencey. And it's one you need to go back through more than once. 
you start getting the new things out of it every time you hear it. Or I haven't heard the audio book. I've read it. And it's been actually years since I read it. I should probably go back and read it again. But I remember always getting something new out of it, a new aha moment. I need to go back and read it again, too. I have it. Well, I think I've got it loaned out right now. But yeah, when it comes to And you understand things differently. The more you hear it, it it jumps out at you in a different way. You mentioned that you had listened to Delay Don't Deny several times. Oh, yes. On my walks. I... When I'm caught up with your podcast and your and Melody's podcast, there's a two ketos dude that I think it's kind of gone off for a while, but I was listening when he was doing the keto stuff. I thought, well, okay, I need to listen to that for a while. But yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I'll go back and listen to that. And that was, (laughs) you were talking about one time you had read one of the books that you were reading and you didn't realize until you read it the second time that the author was never mentioned anything about having two meals a day. It was really only one meal a day. Exactly. It jumped out at me. It was, it was Dr. Herring's book, the Fast Five book. And that actually is why I started my one meal a day Facebook group, because I was in the Fast Five group that Dr. Herring was running. And, you know, a lot of people were, and me included, so I'm not saying anything wrong with any of us, but we all were trying to eat as much as we could in that five-hour window, playing it like a diet game, right? Oh, I have a five-hour window. Let me span it over lunch and dinner, and then I'm getting, we know how to work the system. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That's what I did on every diet. You know, I, I never did Weight Watchers. Guarantee if I did, I'd be loading up on zero point foods and eating. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to work it, right? And so I I reread the book and he he didn't say try to fit in two meals in your, no, he said, you're only eating one meal. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You overlooked that the first time. I didn't notice that. (laughs) Somebody actually said last week, I don't know if it was in the advanced group or the regular delay don't deny group, but they said they had come back to the book after doing intermittent fasting for months and months. And they said it was like reading a completely different book. Wow. That's pretty cool. Because I think a lot of people miss things the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I missed on the alternate day fasting, the little chart that a lot of people like to share. I missed the first time that really on your up day, yeah, you need to have it an up day, but the chart that has a time suggestion doesn't start your eating until one. 
and ends it at seven on your up day. And I was reading it like, oh, cool. I get up. I'll make myself some breakfast. Oh, cool. It's lunch time. Oh, cool. It's supper time. So I wonder ADF was working. I was getting three meals a day in my up day. Well, maybe you don't need to have that quite of an up day. Yeah. We want to have at least two. You want your up day to be at least two meals because the research on alternate day fasting, actually the research, they were eating three meals. Were they really? Okay. Yeah, they were. They didn't tell them to restrict on their up days. In the studies on the alternate day fasting, they were having, most of them, they did 500 calorie down days. They did the, there were somewhere they did a full fast, but then they did the up day was without restriction. And so they tracked what people were eating. And of course, it was probably self-reported. I don't really know for sure. They didn't tell them what to eat. But you know, when people self-report, they always self-report on the low side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty just much what nature. happens. They're like, oh, I forgot I ate that other stuff, right? <laughs> but even with the self-reporting or however they were keeping track of what they ate, people ate about 110% of their, quote, maintenance needs. So whatever your body needs to maintain your weight, they were eating more than that on the up days. Yep. And so I, I think we shouldn't be really afraid of the updates. It's good to know. Yeah. I, and I remember hearing that, that you need, your update really needs to be an update. And so, yeah, that's, that's good. If you to find know. yourself plateauing too much, make it a little more up even. I know that sounds crazy. It sounds like the opposite of what you would think. But I did a lot of research for the new book about metabolism and the way our bodies will adapt. And they really will adapt if they feel restricted, even with fasting. Fasting is protective, but it's not completely going to protect you from any kind of metabolism slowing. Eventually, our metabolisms will slow to maintain us where we are. Yeah, yeah. And I really had gotten into a sweet spot of OMAD of where it was maybe four hours at the very most. And that's where I I want to go back, (laughs) but I'm not done. I'm not done. I need to get there. And I've toyed with the idea. Lent's coming up. This is, of course, we're recording this in February. So this is on Monday and this coming Wednesday will be Ash Wednesday. And everybody on Facebook groups are, well, what are you going to fast for Lent? What are you going to fast for Lent? And I know the concept of Lent is really to get rid of something you don't need in your life and to get rid of it for good, not to just do it for the 40 days, but to get rid of it. You realize you don't really need it. And I've toyed with the idea, maybe I do need to look at my sugar because I know my sugar is, and it it doesn't give me restless legs. I know it always tells you, and I'm like, I know. It it doesn't do any, it was like with Whole30. With Whole30, I did great. I lost, I probably lost 30 pounds with Whole30. It was amazing. But then they have you add back the wheat. They have you add back the dairy. They have you add back the sugar. I think those are the three things that we cut out in Whole30 and see what bad effects those things have on your body, there were none. I was fine. And so that weight just came right on back because I added everything back in because there were no detrimental things that I could see. I didn't feel any different without them than I did with them. So yeah, I don't know. I'm toying with it to try to see if I want to, if I really want to get this weight off and then get back in, then I can go back to my OMAD and be really happy. <laughs> yeah, you may need to delay something delay for just a little bit longer. Bit mm-hmm. For me, it really is the wine. I don't want to admit it, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I get <laughs> I'm it. sitting here today and I'm wearing my size, I have two pairs of size zero jeans from the loft, which is where I love to shop the loft. And One pair is a little more generous than the other, even though they're (laughs) both from the same store. And I'm sitting here today in my my tightest, but they still feel loose. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like I know which ones are the tightest and I know which one. And they were straight out of the wash and they're still a little loose. So I'm like at the lower end of my weight range right now. And the only thing I've changed is I stopped drinking wine every day. I mean, that's it. It's the only thing I've changed. Well, I stopped eating as much cheese. I, so that was also a lie. I, there are two sad. things I changed. <laughs> I love cheese. I was, well, and I, don't, I don't really know. I, I think it's the wine. I love cheese too. I haven't stopped eating cheese, but I stopped opening my window with a giant cheese plate. So Yeah, that's what I would usually do too. <laughs> you know, my honesty pants were a little tight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love those port wine cheese balls. You would love that because oh, you yeah. got the wine and the cheese in one. <laughs> I would. I do love those. those I know exactly. So Spread them on the oh, crackers. Yeah. They have the nuts on they the outside. They do. They do. They're yummy. Yeah, my grandmother always would buy those too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were delicious. But yeah, so 
my honesty pants are telling the true story. And so I would encourage you, if you feel like sugar is holding you back, then I would almost 100% bet that it is. I bet it is too. And I really think when we teach children, children always know what they're doing wrong. If you go up to a kid and say, what do you think you're doing wrong? They know. We're the same way as adults. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think is holding you back? For me, it's like, mm, it's the wine. I didn't <laughs> and you know what? Darn it, it was. And for you, <laughs> it's probably it, the oh, sugar. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Because I, I don't know if we talked about this. I get to homeschool my five-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, Ryan Love. And her mom that owns the consignment store, I've got another daughter, Shannon. But Stephanie is Ryan's mom. And she says, Mom, we've got to watch the sugar stuff. And I said, okay, okay, okay. And so, and Ryan knows if she's going to have a sweet, she has to ask for it first and it can't be before dinner. It's going to be now. And there's so much to that. They do know. We should probably feed ourselves the same way we would feed our precious granddaughter, right? If you're not going to give her a sweet before dinner. Yeah, I should not. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. And, you know, people are like, wait a minute. That sounds like deny. I, I thought know, we were delayed. Don't me, deny. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, that is what has been able to keep me going on this, though, because I can't have a dessert every day. That is true. But if I really want to get to this weight, and I think I would get there eventually, but it's going to take a lot longer doing it that way. If I want to go ahead and get it faster to what I think is going to be my long-term weight loss, I can cut that stuff out and just have a sweet on the weekend or whatever. I could do that. Exactly. There's nothing that's off limits. I say that and it's true and I mean it, but I didn't give up sugar because I quote, think it's bad for me, right? I gave it up because of the way it makes me feel. So that was like all the, the reason that I needed And the same with the wine. I've learned I don't sleep well when I drink wine. Yeah. Well, and I've watched all the videos that tell you how horrible sugar is. And I watch it and then say, okay, going to go get me a chocolate chip cookie now. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. And their cookies are delicious. I actually did eat some sugar this past week. Somebody sent me like a, what is it? Edible arrangement? Oh, yes. The fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this was like chocolate-covered strawberries, (laughs) chocolate-covered apples, and also cookies. Oh, oh, yeah. Somebody sent me that as a thank you, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, Chad, these are for me. (laughs) You did nothing to deserve this. This is a thank you to me. But, you know, I could eat like one chocolate-covered strawberry and not have restless legs. That's the key. For me, it's really, I don't have to deny sugar. I just have to be more judicious in the amount of it. Yeah, yeah. That would just be something to keep in mind. That's a good rule for life. Really, you just take care of yourself and you know what's best for you and just pay more attention to it and get serious about it. But you're right also that you may need to tighten up for a while to get to your goal. And then maintenance is a lot more flexible. And that's the beauty of it for me. Keeping a handle on my honesty pants really helps me. I've not had the weight regain, even though I'm going through menopause now We've always heard menopause, you get fat. Well, yeah, yeah. I went through that, luckily, with no other symptoms other than putting on white. I didn't have really the hot flashes and everything. Now, my husband may tell you different that, oh, no, (laughs) you did have issues with it. But I really didn't. And it was crazy because it was my stretch of my life to go through all that. I was so ready because I started early. I think I was like 11 or 10 when I started. And I was 60 years old when I went through menopause. So it was a long time of buying feminine products. I was so ready to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm 50 now. And so that's the average age of menopause, which I, that surprised me that 50 was the average age. For some reason, I always thought it was older. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I did too. Yeah. I was. Yeah. But for 50 to be the average, I was like, okay, then there's a lot younger too then. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Right. So people who are in their forties that are going through it, I always felt like that was early, but apparently it maybe it isn't. It's average. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. 
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So your husband's doing it, you're doing it. How about your girls? Have they expressed any interest? Have they needed to do anything with it? Or My older daughter just had a baby and it was a miracle baby because Shannon has had Crohn's and she did not think that she could have a baby. She has started out with ulcerative colitis and she actually had to have her large intestine removed. And oh my yeah, goodness. So it was, it's her medical things have been really rough for her. And she had really talked to her OBGYN about having a hysterectomy because every time she would have her cycle, she would go into a flare. And she went back in to talk to her about it. And they did a pregnancy test and they did another. And they said, wait a minute, something's going on here. I think you're pregnant. You're pregnant. Oh, you're pregnant. And it was like, awesome. oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was oh, she's got a beautiful. So she's breastfeeding. I love hearing no fasting for her. But in the future, absolutely. With Crohn's, I read more and more about in, in on your interviews on your podcast. too. Right. I've had a couple of different people, too, I think, that are Crohn's sufferers. I can't think of the names off the top of my head. I can't either. But I think one of them was in San Marcos, which is right down the road from where she lives. She's living in Bastrop now, which is right outside Austin. So yeah, just down the road a piece. <laughs> well, it's great that she's got that in her toolbox that once she's done with the breastfeeding, people ask about breastfeeding and fasting all the time. And we say no, because the doctors all say no as well. And it's not just a matter of supply. People think that it's just about if you're producing enough milk, it's okay. But it has to do with other things too, such as toxins your body releases from fat cells. You don't want that happening while you're feeding that precious baby. Well, congratulations on that because that is thrilling. More grandchildren to love. Yes, yes, yes. Aurora is her name. So that's Aurora Beautiful. Zelda. Yeah. And Stephanie has not done a lot of it yet, but she's in great shape. She's a weightlifter. She loves to oh, pump wow. iron. So when she exercises, she does that. Now she does get some migraines. So I'm going to talk to her about, I know that some people have had help with intermittent fasting with even migraine headaches. Absolutely. So many different health benefits. Just because having high levels of insulin all the time eventually lead us to something. I was reading a paper when I was writing the new book, and the paper was all about hyperinsulinemia, which is having high insulin all the time. And it talked about all the things that are associated with high levels of insulin. And it's really like all the modern illnesses, like all of them were connected in this paper. And it was fascinating. That is interesting. It really, really is. So all the things that we're going through that just keeping our insulin low with having this period of fasting can do so many things for us going forward. Oh. Well, I've shared it with so many people. I know when I shared it on Facebook and then I gave them a report at a year about how far I've gone and I've had so many come back. In fact, I even kind of countered. I said, okay, I'm getting ready. I'm signed up to do a podcast with Jen Stevens. I want to know if you've seen my post but haven't told me that you've started, let me know so I can kind of count. And I've got over 20 friends on Facebook that have started. One of them was one of my former principals in San Antonio and she's had like seven or more join from her from at her school. So it's just like that ripple effect. It is. This is the grassroots movement that intermittent fasting is taking the world and it's spreading through word of mouth. My community is huge now on Facebook. It's not because people sometimes ask, they're like, well, how did you grow it? And I'm like, people grew it. They brought their friends. It's not, I have done zero to grow it other than keep it kind and respectful and like the way you would run an elementary Which classroom. Which is, thank right? you for doing that too. <laughs> it is the nicest Facebook groups on there. There are some horrible places. Thank you to the moderators because they make that happen. But other than providing a safe space for people, it's been people bringing their friends and their husbands and their daughters and their cousins. And that's what this is. This is a real movement of people who feel better and want their friends and family to feel good. Yeah. Too. I had one bad experience when I shared it with one 
older lady, I guess, that I was like, what do you know about fasting? I'm going to start doing intermittent fasting. And he said, well, what you, I think I'm going to do OMAD. Well, what is that? And I told her, well, it's one meal a day. Oh, that's bad. You know, we're really supposed to eat six meals a day. Yeah. You know, I heard that. <laughs> but other than that, everybody else is, I've had so many people that'll come into the consignment store, Deja Vu, and they've seen the change in me behind the counter. Like, what are you doing, girl? And I've got my little pen hat. In fact, I thought the other day, I'm going to just print out some little printouts to hand them. This is uh, Listen to Delay, Don't Deny, Jen Stevens. Get this book right here. And if you've got any diabetes in your family, you need to get the diabetes. Look for that one for Dr. Fung and the YouTube videos that he does. So there's no telling. That's a great way to just let everybody know. And then we can bring more people in. Well, we are almost out of time. So what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting in like 60 seconds or less? 60 seconds. Take photos and measurements with clothes on because you're going to want to share them with other people and take a picture of your face because that's what was most noticeable on me. And listen to Jen. She's done it. Listen to Jen. The podcasts are amazing. The Facebook is so supportive. And then share without fear. Don't be afraid. Well, thank you so very much, Sarah. This has been great. I've really enjoyed talking to you after seeing you in the groups and following your progress over the past year. I've loved having you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thanks again. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.